the Guy Benson Show Sunday replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. A brand new hour on The Guy Benson Show is underway from Washington, D.C. and the Tony Snow Studios. Glad to have you all here. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. Our podcast is free every day when the show is over. On demand, no charge. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at Guy Benson Show on Twitter and Instagram. I am very pleased to have back in studio with me Bill Barr, former U.S. Attorney General under two different presidents, also author of the terrific political memoir, One Damn Thing After Another. Sir, it's great to see you. Great to see you, guys. Thanks for coming in. Sure, my pleasure. So I saw your piece the other day in the Wall Street Journal, The U.S. Must Defeat Mexico's Drug Cartels, and this was published before four American citizens were kidnapped and two of them were murdered by the drug cartels. Right. So it's taking on even more relevance since it was published Give us your broad view thesis of the piece and why you felt like it was urgent to write this now. Right. To deal with the drug problem in the United States, uh, which is growing and imposing huge costs on the United States in terms of lives and, and uh, uh, treasure, uh, yes, you need some demand-side reduction, but you also need an attack on the supply. They have to go hand in hand. Attacks on the supply are most effective and have been historically very effective if you do it at the source of the drugs. The place to fight the drugs is not necessarily uh, you know, in the neighborhoods as it's being distributed. Yes, you try to stop that. But if you can get at the source and destroy the cartels, uh, that's where you're going to make a difference. And we can do it, and we know how to do it, and we've done it before. In the early 1990s, we, with the cooperation of the Colombians, uh, they gave us a lot of latitude, and we were able to destroy the Cali and the Medellin cartels. Uh, but then we stopped doing that kind of thing in about 1995, and we allowed them to take root in Mexico, and there's been nothing stopping them. They've been growing, and they've now established safe havens. They're oper- they control a, a tremendous portion of the country. The government is not interested in, in stopping them. It won't do anything seriously to challenge them. It's sharing sovereignty with them. It's, it's uh, you know, sort of peaceful coexistence. They have neither the will nor the ability to curtail the cartels. The cartels have corrupted the Mexican government, as they do almost all Mexican governments, with the oceans of money that they have, and those that they can't corrupt, they'll intimidate with terrorism and mm-hmm. terror tactics. If you're a judge trying to do your job or a cop trying to do your job, you have to worry about your family getting wiped out. So they have a vice-like grip on that country, and the Mexicans themselves are not going to be able to break free of it, in my opinion. From, is, that, is that a failed state? I think it's uh, 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 under this government, AMLO's government, I think it's spiraled to the point of being a failed narco state. AMLO is Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, yes, the lefty Mexican president, right. and you're calling him the chief enabler of the cartels in this Wall Street Journal piece. Yes. He came in and uh, he announced he's not no longer going to fight the drug war. He's not going to fight against the cartels. Uh, His policy was hugs, not bullets, and he wants to do a lot more social spending to eliminate poverty in Mexico, which I don't think is going to happen in in your lifetime. 
But that's not the problem. The problem is these criminal organizations that are now paramilitary, tens and tens of thousands of these uh, thugs. Uh, they have military forces. They can go toe-to-toe with the Mexican military. What does it tell you when they go to make one arrest in, in Culiacan, which is the capital of Sinaloa State, controlled by the Sinaloa cartel? They go in to arrest El Chapo's son. They sent in, um, the first time, um, they sent in 700, uh, uh, approximately 1,000 to, to, to arrest them. And uh, they had to give them up because uh, they were outgunned by the cartels. And then the cartels surrounded uh, an apartment where the families of the military people were. So they surrendered the, the son and left. That was the first humiliation. Then more recently, they went in with 3,500 troops. They did arrest them. And then they left. They left in the face of cartel gunmen, um, paramilitary operatives. Instead of dealing with the cartels, it's, you know, just leave them in place. Retreat. Yeah, retreat. And by the way, this matters to Americans not only because, you know, you talk about drugs and you were talking about the 90s and Colombia, cocaine, and some people think about, okay, you know, marijuana, should we be fighting that that war? This is like fentanyl, right? Yeah. This is killing tens of thousands of Americans. Right. And the cartels that you're talking about, ruthless killers, they control not the Mexican government, they control the Mexican side of our border. Right. And they're moving up into our cities. They have, you know, regional uh, associates, uh, groups, uh, and influence around the country. They're sort of divvying up the United States. They, they control our border. Uh, and I'm worried that they're going to start moving their terror tactics into the United States. There was that young woman and her family that was wiped out in California in a drug-related thing. Uh, so, so how do we stop it? Right? And if we get much more aggressive, I know you're basically endorsing in this piece military intervention against the cartels. There's a case to be made for it. I'll let you make the case. Might that encourage the cartels to bring some of their terrorism tactics to the U.S. to go effectively to war against us? Well, they are already in a war yeah, against us. And, and, and just so you know, the casualties, just of the overdoses, which are just the immediate deaths, those aren't all the deaths related to the drugs. Methamphetamine deaths are grim and slow, but a lot of people die from the meth. Uh, but the, the, the stuff from the opioids, the synthetic opioids, it's, a, it's, uh, it's, it's over, I mean, all over, uh, overdose deaths are like 106,000 a year, which... 109,000 a year, which is the same level as our worst year in World War II in terms of killed in action. So we are sustaining on an annual basis casualties that are akin to those in a world war. And uh, as I say, that's just not all the deaths and all the violence that's associated with it and the money. So what do we do? Well, that's it. You know, let's get honest and realistic with the situation. We have these people operating in safe havens. Uh, The government of Mexico is not capable of dealing with them. They have no will, and even if they had the will, they don't have the means. Their criminal justice system is a joke. Only only 5% of the violent crimes are ever punished in Mexico. It's a pathetic system, and that's when it operates at full capacity at full bore or at all at all that's yeah i mean it, it's a pathetic system 
they're totally uh, there's corruption rife in the system. You give them information, it'll get back to the cartels. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Which means that both law enforcement and military operations are compromised. So they don't have the capacity to do it. And under you know under international law, the basic principle is you're not allowed if you claim sovereignty over a country then you have the duty to prevent your territory from being used as a launch pad for uh, harm and injury to a neighbor. And they're allowing it to happen. And so that means we fall back on our right to self-defense. Uh, now, I'm not, I, don't, I have no hope that this administration is going to do anything about it. They'll do the usual kabuki dance. You know, Trump actually pushed AMLO to do some stuff, and, and but we were talking about getting tougher after the election. If, if Trump was reelected, he, I think he was going to get a lot tougher. But I don't think these people are going to do anything. But I, I, I do think that we're just going to have to use every tool at our disposal. So what I say is, number one, the only way the Mexicans are going to cooperate with us to the extent, and it's optimal to have their cooperation, is to let them know we're going to do it one way or the other. In other words, we are going to move directly against the cartels. You're with us or are you against Like the U.S. Army? Uh, well, no, I don't think it would. Well, it would require mili some military personnel, but this is not like a World War II like invasion. DEA, CIA, aggressive stuff? Aggressive stuff, but also special operations. I mean, the kinds of things we did in Syria. Uh, ISIS was destroyed in a very short period of time. And I think this group is much more like ISIS than, you know, the godfather uh, of the American mafia. We're not dealing, this is not like dealing with the mafia in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay? Right, where there's like a code. <laughs> right, right, but you, you can go and you can, you know, they have their, it was much smaller. You could investigate them, take them out, and, and uh, arrest enough of them and imprison enough of them to break their back. These are tens, tens and tens of thousands of operators and paralegal, uh, paramilitary people. So the, and they're terrorists. And, and, and uh, so it's much more like ISIS. So I think with a combination of all our tools are— so It's like more national security than law enforcement. Similar arguments being made you know, during the war on terror, like we can't prosecute right. this. You're a law enforcement guy, right. but you're saying this needs to be taken on more in a national security posture. Right. This is— uh, this is Ex all external threats uh, of organized foreign groups that are a threat to us from outside our national security. The fact that we, the f uh, and that is we, we can use our national defense powers against them. The fact that we also pass laws gives us another tool. So we pass laws against terrorism. But that doesn't mean we have to use those laws. It doesn't change the nature of terrorism. We can still respond with our nat with drones, for example, even though we could arrest them, but sometimes we can shoot drones at them. So the fact that we have laws against uh, international drug trafficking and human trafficking uh, doesn't mean we have to treat them as criminal matters, especially when we're dealing with foreigners external to the United States who are who are carrying on operations that are meant to hurt us, and they do hurt us. And and uh, so, if we want to deal, if we want to deal with it, the place to deal with it is in Mexico. That's where the head of the snake is, and the, we know the Mexicans can't do it. They need our help. They will either accept it, but if they don't accept it, we have to be willing to do it ourselves. It's not World War II. 
Uh, it's not uh, roll, taking over and invading Mexico. It's it's an attack on the cartels. That would be a pre- like targeted price, precision precision attacks and and also using other tools, including going after some of the banks that are that are uh, also which we do in terrorism yes. as well. I mean that, right. that's another parallel. And look, there are I think officials in Mexico who really do want to do this, but they can't. That's and right. there are other people in positions of power down there who don't and don't want to and won't, right? That's so right. it's like a combination of those things. It, it's like the invasion of the body snatchers down there because you don't know who's on the take and who isn't. And so uh, a conscientious official doesn't know whether his colleague is going to go back and, and tell the cartels. Very quickly before we let you go, the Senate voting yesterday 81 to 14 to override this crazy new law from the D.C. City Council, bipartisan vote, embarrassing for Washington, D.C., I think a real body blow to the whole statehood thing. But from a, a law and order perspective, it's just insanity. pretty insane, it's insane what's happening in yeah. this place. It's insane uh, that there are people like that, uh, but there are people like that in in many of our cities who are, who have I, – I don't know what's going through their mind. It's ideology. It has nothing to do with logic and trying to protect their their constituents from violence. It's crazy. Former U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr, who served in that position under President George H.W. Bush and President Trump. His book, One Damn Thing After Another, is a great read. Mr. Attorney General, it's always good to see you. Thank you, Gary. Great to see you. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.